Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Happy day. We'll just say happy day. That was what I was going to say. Let's just leave it at glorious day. We have a great show for you today. We have Carissa Culliner, mom, wife, host of E Daily Pop and E News Correspondent. We are also talking hot goss. What, 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 the what? Of all what, goss. what, what, what? That's my hot goss. Because we're a gossip show now. Yeah. I mean, what, that's what, less. <laughs> there aren't enough, truly. And we have the new rage segment. Mom Taraj. We put the rage in motherhood. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, the tits and, and the, the shits. Wow, guys, this is how the magic happens. <laughs> Do you want to go first? So my tits are my child has said two of the we are officially in my toddler says the craziest shit phase. <laughs> I have been waiting for this phase. So the other day I was getting ready to go in the shower. I was naked and she said that I was broken and needed to get her toolbox. And I was like, you're correct. I am broken. (laughs) So she got her pretend toolbox and she took out like a wrench or something and she scraped it against my leg. And one, I am obviously dry because like a hundred skin cells came off when she did that. I was like, that is so nasty. Yeah. Yeah. But what she said after she ran the thing up my leg in a completely deadpan tone, she said, I'm going to peel you like an apple. I'm going to eat your skin. Because it's delicious, like an apple. <laughs> Yo, your kid I is you weird. And then yesterday when I was putting her down for bedtime, when I ended up falling asleep before her and she ended up just dancing around my corpse or whatever, <laughs> she said something with her pacifier in and I couldn't hear it. She's like, mama, mama. I said, take out your pacifier. I can't hear you. So she takes out her pacifier and she goes, mama, what's a bitch? <laughs> and I go, a bitch? And she goes, yeah, mama. A bitch. And I go, where did you hear that? She's like, you, you say it all the time, mom. (laughs) No, this is literally what she did. I go, Luna, where did you hear that from? And she goes, uh, uh, from one of my books. (laughs) And then I go, from one of your books? And she goes, I mean, from Nani. I heard it from Nani. She threw my mom under the bus. So I like text my mom. I was like, mom, Luna says that first she said that she learned it from one of her books. Then she backtracked and said she learned it from you. Mom goes, she didn't learn it from me. I don't use that word. She probably learned it from you. Why did she learn it from me? I mean, I'm surprised you're surprised. (laughs) I'm never shocked when Sebastian curses because I'm like, well, I know where he got it from. Well, if she used it in context, it would have been fine because she says, oh, fuck all the time. Oh, fuck. And it makes sense. But Mama, what's a bitch? I was like, wow, I'm impressed, honestly, that she could articulate what's a bitch. (laughs) Like that made me, I was like, interesting. Uh It's a female dog. But I just was like wondering where she heard it from. So I. I love this phase where she says the craziest, craziest shit. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my tits. My shits are that I gave up sugar and alcohol and... I think it'll be fine, but I've been really tired, like extra yeah. tired, tired. Yeah. Well, you know, that'll go away eventually. And then after giving up sugar and alcohol, you're supposed to feel like the fucking bionic woman. Here's the thing. This is why I don't want to give up 
sugar and alcohol. I don't know if I want to feel like the bionic woman. (laughs) Why do I want to feel that good? That's just like too good, you know? Yeah. (laughs) There's no way up from there. I like to keep it medium shitty. So there's always room for feeling better. Mm, I hear (laughs) you. How about about you, Ashley? What are your tits and chits? My tits are that we have a new school for Sebastian in the fall. He is registered for, get this, my Jewish son is going to go to a Catholic school. Oh, boy. I mean, honestly, it's for a number of reasons, but actually, it's not. The reason is we don't like the public schools around us. We can't afford the schools in Hoboken, so this is kind of the best option of what we can afford. It's a nice, really mixed group of kids. Like, there's kids of every ethnicity, and I just think it's going to be a nice experience. I'm excited for him to go really crossing my fingers that COVID is as under control as as it can possibly be by September, you know, like supposedly everyone should be able to be fully uh, vaccinated by May, according to Biden. Hopefully that is the case and uh, he can go to school safely in September. But other than that, I'm just like really excited for him to be a normal kid and have normal kid experiences and have friends and like come home and tell me about his day and like see how this affects everything about him. I'm really excited because I remember when he went to daycare two days a week, it was he would come home and have like, you know, he didn't talk as well, but he would have some semblance of a story about what happened at school. So I'm excited now that he's a little older to kind of have this little part of his life that's his own and uh, see what a change it makes for him. Is it preschool or kindergarten? He's going to be going into pre-K four. Got it. I don't understand these well, new I-, I don't either. It's things. pre-K three is what he's currently in because he's three. He'll He'll be in pre-K four, which is for four-year-olds, and then kindergarten is five-year-olds. Let's see where it goes. Matt and I are a little, you know, like reading the website for the school, because I can't even go in and see it because of COVID, because there are kids actually in school right now, and they want to keep them as safe as possible, understandably. So, like, we're both a little, a, a little, like, trepidatious about the Catholic part of things and just how old school they might be and uh you know even just the way they word things on their website is children should blah 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 blah. and it's like ooh, you seem cold you seem cold-hearted school my shits are that they made me pay among the application deposit i also had to pay a 225 dollar parents guild fee and i don't know what that is but i can tell you i don't want to be a part of it already (laughs) and and i'm really angry i had to pay 225 dollars to come up with a monthly excuse i'm assuming of why i can't make whatever parents guild thing it is so yeah i mean we'll see i'm just i'm excited for him to start real life a little bit On one hand, I love this time. On another hand, I hate this time. I'm sure I'm going to miss all of this, but I've just seen how he's suffered. You know, like he's not developing the way a lot of three-year-olds are sometimes. So let's see how it goes. I mean, Luna, I've kind of started to see what the toll it's taking on Luna because now she's obsessed with every toy has to have another friend. Like she's always like, this toy has to have a friend. This sticker has to have a friend. Everybody needs a friend. I have a friend. His name's Charlie. She met Charlie once on the street. Didn't even touch him. (laughs) She's like, my good friend is Charlie. I have to see my friend. She met one kid in the last year 
that's new. She didn't even really meet yeah. him. And sh- that's all she'll talk about. And everything needs to have. So I'm like, yeah, this is affecting yeah. her. I mean, it's these funny little things. You know, I think you and I are lucky that our kids are young enough where they'll bounce back just fine. I'd be more concerned about like the six-year-olds and stuff. Uh, But you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a nice experience. It's not too far from our house. We can walk there. Going to be good, I think. Those are my tits and my shits. Should we uh, do some mom raging? Mom rage! Mom, 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 mom rage! Sorry. Today's mom rage comes from Beth. She says, I'd like to add my mom rage, lol. When I clean the bathroom and my boys piss all over the place and my husband leaves his whiskers and body hairs all over the fucking sink. Ugh. Beth, 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 don't I feel ya. There are times where I like go and clean a crevasse behind the toilet and all of a sudden I realize there's a puddle of dried piss that has been there for I don't know how long. It's most certainly my three-year-old son. Matt's whiskers are definitely all over the place. My worst thing, I guess, in terms of, like, bathroom is I shed like a motherfucker. So there, you know that, that song? Your hair is everywhere that dashboard confessional song <laughs> that is me that is literally yes. me my hair if i i'll be in your house for like two seconds and you'll find strands of my hair all over the fucking place you can never murder somebody never. you'd have to wear i hair have now. thought about so many times how one day i might be found guilty for somebody's murder just because of <laughs> how much i shed hair and how much my hair must be everywhere it must be in public bathrooms all over the you place you better be getting you be bet you be bet you you be be, be, be. <laughs> what? You better be getting alibis for everything. I mean everything. Like I shouldn't. I can't like go anywhere by myself and not tell people. Did you hear how I short circuited? Yeah, I was like, I was like you be bad. You be bad. You be bad. You were like a uh, Porky Pig. <laughs> yeah. So Beth, we feel you, man. Uh, oof. I just. I really hate boy pee. I really hate boy pee. And it smells. It smells. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. It's so bad. I don't know. Also, I let my son piss in the parking lot at Nordstrom today, so that should say a lot. <laughs> it was that or the bathroom. I'd rather he pees outdoors, you know? we. I was trying to be in there for a hot second, just bake my exchange and get the hell out of there. Well, thank you, Beth. We salute you. And don't forget... Momtrage, we put the rage in motherhood. We'll send you a little swaggy swag. And make sure you send us your mom rage stories or any mom shout outs you want on the air. You can email that to momtragepod at gmail.com. You can send us a DM. Hit us with the good stuff. That's right. And you too could get that sweet ass mom swag. Swiggity swag. Sweet ass swag. But stay tuned because up next, Carissa Culliner. Today's guest is the host of E! Daily Pop, airing on E! at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and she is basically our hashtag goals. She's a mom, a wife, and an all-around badass bitch, which you know we love. Please welcome Carissa Culliner. Hi, Carissa. Thank you for that intro. Yeah, do you get to be called a badass bitch all the time? Not enough. It's very <laughs> professional. Very professional. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'll take it. That's, that's a good compliment there. All right. So you have our dream job. You know, you're in full hair and makeup, as you can tell, we clearly are. In beautiful clothes, interviewing celebrities. And we've had a little taste of that working with Scary Mommy in the past. But this is your 
every day. So tell everybody, tell us, is it as cracked up as one would think it is? You know, there are a lot of perks, I will say. I mean, the professional hair and makeup artists, I'm not going to lie. I am very grateful for them. There was a time at the beginning of this quarantine when we came back, we had to do our own hair and makeup. And I'm so devastated. And I know that sounds like a total spoiled brat. It's coming out of my mouth, 100%. But it's just when you... See what they can do with how you look. And then you compare it to what you're capable of doing. <laughs> it just like apples and oranges. I'm like, this is not coming right. When she puts this lash on, it actually stays on. What is? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? So yeah, that stuff is super glamorous. And I do love that. I love that I get to wear clothes that I can't afford at E. <laughs> I love that I get to try a new trend and not commit to actually buying it. Dreams, man. Shapewear, shapewear, shapewear. <laughs> I've tried all the brands, honey. I'm not for sure. When we start doing on-camera stuff, that was the first time I really invested in shapewear. And my credit card just was like, oh, let's try all the different kinds. Of- <laughs> I literally watched Bridgerton. Have you guys seen Bridgerton? On oh, Netflix? yes. Ashley has. And they've got the corsets. And I literally came to my stylist after watching the show. And I said, you know, I really think we need to go back old school like Bridgerton. I was looking at them in those corsets and I thought, I need that. So can you find me? <laughs> like an old-fashioned corset. I think that's the kind of waist I'm looking for right there. I have a diastasis recti belt that I'll just send you. That's a corset, <laughs> but for someone who's torn their entire stomach muscles open from pregnancy, I'll just send it to you. It's good. <laughs> so what has been your biggest struggle in juggling this glamorous corset lifestyle and being a mom to two kids under four? You know, I think it's just keeping my energy up. It's nonstop. As you guys know, it just... My day starts very early. My alarm's going off in the four o'clock hour. Oof. Try to go to bed early, but it just doesn't always happen, especially because whenever you do get the kids down, I don't know if you guys ever have this problem, but that's like your true alone time and your true downtime. So it's very hard for me to want to go to sleep. That's the time I want to scroll on my phone and look through Instagram and get caught up in random gossip stories <laughs> and dig into those things. I think it's just keeping my energy up because I always feel like I'm I have a thousand things I want to do every day and then I get to reality and it you know I get maybe 10 things done and I'm like okay well at least I got 10 things done it's <laughs> just keeping it up 10 sounds like quite an accomplishment to me it's like motherhood <laughs> FOMO like the kid goes to sleep and you have FOMO and you're like all of a sudden I just have to try to recapture some of what my regular person is beyond being a mother Every day when they take a nap, which is right now, hopefully they don't wake up in the middle. I say, okay, when they take this nap, I'm going to get this done and this done and this done. And it's truth be told, I'm usually half the time like, nope, I'm going to sit on that damn couch and I'm going <laughs> to finally watch that shows on my DVR that I have not yeah, watched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's worth it. That is real mom talk. Is there a killer parenting tip that you've learned from a celebrity specifically? The great equalizer when you're dealing with a with anybody is being a parent. Like everybody has the same experience. I can't think of very many at the top of my head, but the the, the most the one that comes to me is uh, Matthew McConaughey's wife, Camilla. She was on my, I had a talk sh- YouTube show for a while called Mom to Mom. And she came on the show and she gave me a tip about traveling with kids, how you'll always make it work. So don't overpack because I was whining about how I went to Hawaii and I was so stressed out because he was only 10 months at the time. And she was like, pack the bare minimum. 
I promise you, you will figure it out once you get there. The more you pack, the more you have to keep track of, the more you have to lug, the more all that stuff you're going to stress out more about. You will figure it out. It's a few days, you know, don't over stress and over pack. She's like, just take your shirt off and play the bongos. It's going to be fine. (laughs) True that. Personally, I had, as I mentioned with the corsets, I had such a hard time coming back to on-camera work postpartum. I felt comfortable with it pre-baby. After baby, I was like, ooh, this situation is tricky. Did you have a struggle with your appearance or your mental state or with trying to find any like fucking clothes to wear after a kid? Like, How was your postpartum journey having to have it be so on-camera? All the above. I had, yeah. I had trouble finding clothes. I had trouble uh, finding things to fit. I had trouble emotionally. I had trouble balancing, keeping my brain like focused on the task at hand of, of handling a live show, especially after Chase, my first child. I felt whenever I came back to Daily Pop, that one was really hard for me as far as trying to be completely present at work whenever sometimes my mind would go back to wanting to check the baby monitor and wonder what he's doing and texting his dad and being like, hey, is he okay? And I, he had that little cough last night. Is, it, is he okay? What's his fever? What's his temperature? You know, just all those normal things that moms worry about, um, which is totally fine and totally normal. But when you're on live TV, you really have to be dialed in. Like you can't just, your mind has to be focused. So, you know, you have, a, you have words to read. You have thoughts to actually try to spit out. Uh, you have things that you need to remember to do and all of these things. And I think that that was challenging. After Zoe, I had a little bit better, an easier time with that because I guess because of practice after the first one. But after Zoe, I actually had postpartum depression, which was something I didn't experience with Chase. And so that was a little challenging to get through. And I mean, I guess I'm still kind of getting through that. And as far as um, being present in a different way, it wasn't because I just, like with Chase, I had anxiety about what was going on with him. With Zoe, it was, um, I didn't feel like myself. And so it was, it's really hard to be um, on a show like Daily Pop whenever you're being your authentic self all the time, whenever you weren't feeling it. But he gets some medicine and we're okay now. But <laughs> it's, there's all sorts of challenges after mom. It's just, everything changes. I always say that like when you're an on-camera personality, the product is you. And so when you're not feeling great about you, it's like being a bad sales person. It's like be a product that you don't believe in. And that's something I think that people glamorize the on-camera thing. And listen, like real talk, we have wonderful lives. It's like we're doing, you know, this is an amazing job. But uh, when you don't feel great about the product that you're selling, or you don't even feel connected to the product you're selling, which is you, it's hard to do your job well. 100%. Yeah. You know, especially when you've got so many things going on and you're trying to think how you feel about a particular subject or something. And you're like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about anything. Right now. <laughs> that was my experience after, after Zoe, for whatever reason, I, I don't know why, but that had that with her. Um, actually, I could tell you it's probably because it was a combination of being in a pandemic and quarantined and not being able to have my mom out here. You know, it's like all of these things. It's interesting because I feel like there is such this like societal pressure to just love motherhood and love every aspect and it's so beautiful but the truth is when we talk about our troubles and when we talk about postpartum or something like that people respond so tremendously to it at least in our world of things because everyone can understand it everyone identifies it we call our kids assholes all the time on the show and it's just like normally we'd be terrified of backlash but everyone is just like yep mine is too it's weird I mean I know everybody's postpartum hits them differently. Um, I remember mine, the moment I realized something was 
definitely wrong was I had got to see a friend and we went to the beach and I hadn't seen this friend in a really long time and I was very excited to see her just like being at the beach with my family with my one of my close friends usually would be like my cloud nine day right it's like I didn't have to work or anything it was just a fun-filled day and I remember feeling like I had to force myself to have conversation and all I really wanted to do was just like hide away and go to the car and be alone and it was just so not like my personality and it was just on the way home I talked to my husband and I'd had feelings like this before like for a while but that was when it really hit me like a ton of bricks I'm like yeah I think something's off. Like it's just, I'm not enjoying life the way that I normally do. I also had postpartum. And so I feel strongly about this. I think that it's not necessarily like what you see in the, it's not what you see in the movies all the time. It's not like, I don't feel connected to my kid or like, I want to eat dirt off the ground. Like it's not always that. Sometimes it's as simple as I can't get out of bed or I don't feel connected to my friends or nothing brings me joy or I'm crying all the time and I can't figure out what's going on or I'm angry all the time. There's nuance is. And so if you are even questioning it, the best thing to do is just to ask for help. It doesn't always look the same for everybody. Yeah, I agree. All right. One of our favorite questions to ask, you know, the boss moms that do our show, what is your number one suggestion for the thing you should outsource if you can? Housekeeper. Yeah, that's mine. Without fail. Do my damn laundry. Kids' laundry is a full-time job. Oh, my God. Especially when they're really little. All that poop. It's, like, so much. It's just, like, poop and food and shit everywhere. Ugh, everywhere. Yeah, I just, uh, we don't have one right now, pandemic, you know, everything. And we we have never had a full-time one. If I could, I would have a (laughs) full-time housekeeper. Just come in. That's all you have to do. I mean, I'll I'll play with the kids. I'll do all stuff. Just, you do their laundry. You clean my kitchen, do my dishes, dust. I hate dusting. What is dusting? Who does that? Uh, a housekeeper. That's the one thing that I feel like everybody should splurge on if they can afford to. I agree. Amen. In that same vein, so quarantine life, what was the first thing that like went to the wayside during quarantine? And then follow up question, when quarantine is over, whenever that is, who knows? Will you pick it back up? Or is it like, eh, you know what? Now I learned that I don't need it that much. Clearly, we all couldn't go out to eat. Going out to dinners is something I miss tremendously. Like some people have said screen time. Like I used to care about screen time and now I just like throw an iPad at my kid. Yeah. So or like wearing pants that aren't elastic waist. I've done both of those. Okay, so Chase's screen time increased tremendously. And I really tried to not let that get to me, but it does get to me. Oh, it just like, it's one of those things where I'm definitely more giving with it now than I was at the beginning of the pandemic for sure because it's just we have to to be able to have our sanity to have some downtime between like me and my husband and a baby you're just like you gotta stay entertained somehow some way like give us a break so I've definitely became more lenient to it but I don't like it I still hate it so you'll probably go back when it's over I would like, I mean, he'll always get some screen time, but not as much as he got during the pandemic, especially in the beginning. Now that we're actually, he's actually going to preschool. So um, we don't really have it as often anymore because he at least gets half the day to be like stimulated. And that makes me feel better because I'm like, oh, I felt like you were just like withering away until a, into a dumb YouTube kid <laughs> during the beginning of this it was driving me crazy. My kid won't even talk to me. I even like, are you hungry? And she just no comment. Like it's just the zone. We watch Blippi on repeat and let me tell you 
everybody's can, brain is damaged from oh, it. everybody everybody somebody just that's weird you said blippy somebody asked me today if my kids watch blippy and i have not thank god he hasn't found that yet no you need to go back and listen to our episode on blippy blippy is worth a lot of money and we're all doing something wrong because this man let me tell you 40 crazy. million dollars supposedly What's he do? Oh, that just I watch it repeatedly all day long and I couldn't really tell you. It started with a very inappropriate video that then turned into a child franchise. It's very confusing. I'm going to do a video about this. We do that all the time. My husband and I will be watching these shows and we're like, how did this show get picked up? Considering like Shannon and I, we like do this for a living, like we pitch shows and stuff. And we're sitting here like, how did this show get, it doesn't make. I think that the key is not to be in the business because in the business, you're like, this will never work. You just have to not be in the business and just be like, sure, let's try it. And then it becomes a sensation. He also just started filming himself. So, you know, he didn't even have to pitch it to anybody he put stuff on youtube and it just like caught on like wildfire don't worry about if the tomato can do it just do it that's the most yeah that's all that matters yeah speaking of 40 millionaires who has been your favorite celebrity to interview so far that's a hard question because it changes all the time i mean i just have I like a lot of people. I love the Smiths, both Jada and Will. Like Jada's one of those people, like you're on the red carpet. Normally, you know, they get like a couple minutes with you and then they have to move on to the next person. But she truly makes time. And Will does too. They make time. They stop. They look at you in the eyes. They give you their undivided attention, even if it's only three minutes. And they really, they're just very sweet and they give you your time and your energy and your focus. And they're just really great people to interview. They seem like real people, like people that give a shit about things. Yeah, they do. And it, and it's funny because Will's been in the business for so long. You know, you would think he'd just be so different now, but jaded. Yeah. But he actually really does try to give everybody a good interview, which is nice. That is nice. Okay, so we really love people's success stories. Can you tell us about the moment where you realized, oh shit, I have been trying to do this all this time and now this is like my moment. I feel like we all have little ones along the way, but can you describe some of those ones where you're just like, I can't believe I'm here. I've done it. You know, yeah, I've had a few in in my career. Top three highlights, I would say, when I started my first, I did radio first. And whenever I got to be on the morning show, Clear 99 in Columbia, Missouri, they're the number one station in the market. And they've been the number one station in the market for a really long time. And um, when I got to do the morning show with uh, Scotty, he's also had been there for 20 years. It was just a really big moment for me. I was young, I was out of college and just like a year out of college, whenever I got that job. So that was very big moment. And that was truly the launch of everything uh, for me. I remember the first time I got to co-host E! News, um, I was just filling in, you know, I wasn't named co-host or anything, but I just got to co-host E! News. And I remember that feeling really, really good too. Uh, I still remember even when I got my first interview assignment for E! News. And that was really exciting to me. When I got the job for E! News, it was very exciting. <laughs> um, and then the the last big one, obviously, was Daily Pop. You know, that really felt like everything coming to a head. And like, that's just like the perfect show for me. You know, live talk where it's a combination of pop culture and life stuff and relationships and fun games. 
games and interviews. It's like everything I love all wrapped into one hour and it's live, which is my favorite thing in the world because anything can happen and it's just um, more fun and authentic that way. So I started in, in television production on daytime talk shows behind the camera. There is something about the energy of a daily live show that nothing can compare to. It is like a high that no drug can give you that is just awesome. Even when it's stressful and you're like, I hate my life, today went terribly. There is an energy that is so, like, I am alive right now. I don't know. I really miss it. 100%. And I always wonder, God forbid this show ever ends. Hopefully it doesn't because all you guys are going to watch and everybody's going to DVR and you guys are going to tell all your friends about it. I don't know what's going to fuel my soul, you know, this way, because I'm just so happy with what I do now that it just makes me nervous. I'm like, please don't let this ride end. You know, every time something good happens in your life, you always worry like you're like, when's the roller coaster going to drop? You got this. I also think there's something about daily where it's just like, it's got to go because we have to have another one tomorrow. Something about that urgency is really amazing. I really love this question. So 2020 into 2021 has been batshit crazy. Pandemic aside, politics aside, just the hot goss in the past like four months has been absolutely nuts between Hilaria Baldwin and now Army Hammer. It's just nonsense. Has there been something that has, I don't want to call it your favorite, but has there been like a celebrity piece of gossip that has just completely enthralled you? Because like Hilaria was, and now Army, it's just the two of us can't stop talking about it. Well, those definitely did. I mean, currently it's free Britney. I've been on that for a a long time. That's been my (laughs) for a long time. Covered it for years and all this stuff. And I mean, we've known about it forever, but that... New York Times docuseries. If you guys haven't watched it, it's called Framing Britney. I mean, it just really puts everything in such a great perspective. And as far as, you know, going back and looking at those times, and it really makes you feel guilty, even as even though I wasn't even in media some of the time because I'm too young, you know, but um, <laughs> but as a consumer, I mean, I still like remember those those paparazzi photos of her with the umbrella and yep. and me looking at those and having my own judgments about Britney and not even having the slightest clue or possibly even enough empathy at that time and at that age to really think about what she could have been going through. And then to have that paparazzi like on the docuseries talk about that specific night and what exactly she went through as far as like trying to see her kids twice, Kevin saying no, then him following around and badgering her after she's like on this emotional high of like everything going on. And then someone saying, you can't see your kids like you're I can only imagine how emotional I would be in that heated moment and if somebody was badgering me and it wasn't just the first time it was the nine millionth time somebody's like been knocking on my windows and screaming in my face with the camera when I'm so emotional everything aside it just really has brought me back to think like man we've came so far thankfully I think now in 2021 with how we talk about mental health how we talk about celebrities in general I mean not everybody but a lot of media have really taken a different tone you know whenever it comes to how we talk about people that story man i'm following that like crazy and she's going back to court tomorrow we've been talking about daily public non-stop and then her boyfriend came yeah dad a jerk or a dick sorry an asshole i think right all i have to say is bring back felicia Felicia needs to be in all of our lives. ASAP, God bless Felicia. I have shaved my head for less. 
So I feel no, I mean, I will shave my head just with two glasses of red wine. So like, let alone postpartum not being able to see your kids. I lived in LA during that time. I was living part of the time in LA. And I remember just being like, I could see how that would happen. And I had never had kids yet. And now that I've had kids, I'm like a hundred, a hundo percent understand how something could go from one thing. And just all of us have experienced when your kid, when you're having a bad day and your kid just pushes your buttons and all of a sudden it goes from zero to 100. Now take that in front of the camera camera, wearing about a hundred million other things like paparazzi, your safety, let alone how you're going to handle your kids. I just feel horrible for her. Just really horrible. I've been obsessed with her since tiny furniture when, since I realized that she loves tiny furniture. That was. Are you a big tiny furniture fan? No, I'm a fan of her being a fan of tiny furniture. (laughs) In 2007, I was in college. We had to do some kind of project for one of our media classes. I decided I was going to do a gossip blog and I didn't really like commit to it. It was just for this project. You and Perez Hilton. Right. But I did this like Perez Hilton approach. And I remember it was right when she did that with, you know, the umbrella photo. I was so mean. I didn't think I was mean at the time, but watching the documentary, I was like, oh my God, this poor woman. She's not, she wasn't crazy. She was a woman going through a lot of shit. And we just were all guilty. And I feel, I, and everybody feel like I need to personally apologize to Brittany. I'm sorry, Brittany. It's at the same time, it is the culture back then. You know, we we did. Yeah. We talked about people differently. We were insensitive as a culture in general. Like the documentary brings out, it was the Monica Lewinsky time. The way that women were portrayed at the time was a whole nother level. There was a lot going on. So I don't want us to like, you know, you know, you don't beat yourself up too bad. It's okay. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, you know. The same time, free Britney. <laughs> Okay, so I have a daughter and Ashley has a son. And the difference between the two of them just being like boy, girl is insane. So what is the biggest difference you've noticed in having both a son and a daughter? I mean, varying ages, but what's the biggest thing you've noticed so far? Oh my gosh. Well, Chase is just, since he was in the womb, crazy, bouncing, kicking, jumping, can't stop moving, go, 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 and just daredevil and just goes for it, has absolutely no fear. And Zoe, she's just, again, her middle name's Grace because one of the reasons why was the name came to me was when she was, when I was pregnant with her she didn't like jab me and punch me in the in my belly like Chase did. She was just, I always felt like she was just like gracefully dancing in there, just kind of like moving. Like I felt her, but she was just so sweet and so delicate about it. And she came out and she's still, I mean, she's courageous and she definitely knows what she likes and knows what she doesn't like, but she is very sweet. Chase is sweet too, but it's different. Boys are sweet in a different way. I have a three-year-old son also, and he is, when I was pregnant with him, it was like violent thrashing inside my body. I have video of my belly just going like crazy oh waves. He And he's a nut. He is a nut. One of the most, I think, amazing things that I, I don't think any mom really expressed to me enough fully, because there's lots of things that like people express to you, because everyone has an opinion, but things that don't fully get expressed. And one of them is your kid is 100% who they are. when they're inside of you. I knew who my kid was going to be. I didn't realize it until after she was out of me, but she's the exact same person out of me as she was in me. Like exactly. Like her personality was just already in there. And I just, no one told me that. And I came out like, well, this is exactly what I expected if I really was like in touch with how it was when she was inside me. 100%. Yep. And Zoe came out, she didn't even, when she first came out of the room, she didn't even cry at first, almost to the point where I was like, is she okay? Yeah. (laughs) And then she let out a little, 
Like, your cries are so weak. Chase's cries were like. <laughs> you had her during the pandemic. I had her during the pandemic. The beginning of April 28th is when she was due. So the very Oof. beginning. Yeah. Because March was like the technical start. Yeah. So we were only like a month in. Crazy. Terrifying. Yeah, that must have been terrifying. But you know what? It all ended up working out so, so beautifully and perfect. All my anxiety just went out the window whenever she was fine. You know, all the things you worry about are just gone. Kudos to you for being in hair and makeup, sitting in front of us, a functioning person that soon, because it takes a long time. So high five to that one. You get our mom courageous award right there. (laughs) Um, When Ashley and I were doing live on air red carpet, I had a reporter host fail, which is that I had to pronounce this really hard chemical compound, which is like, (laughs) hey, I went to acting and on-air school. I did not go to chemistry school. But anyway, we were doing a red carpet for a movie that had, that was specifically about science, right? Like, So I go to interview a celebrity that will not be named, but he's an asshole. No, Oh, I was going to name him. Okay. Oh, really? He's, okay. Go ahead, Ashley. Tim Robbins. He's oh. notoriously kind of a jerk. Still hot, though. Still hot. He's, <laughs> I came up to his penis because I'm five foot and the man is like almost seven foot. It is quite true. She did. I was like up to his face like, hey, Tim Robbins. And I butcher the name of this extremely long chemical compound. And it was trying to make a joke about it. I was like, which is harder? Saying Shawshank Redemption or like Cetosalicilla, blah, 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 blah. I couldn't say it. He was such a dick about it. (laughs) No, he was not. (laughs) Yes, he was. He was such, he was like, he's like, if you're going to interview me, you better. He's like, what's harder? Being an on-air host? He was such a dick. And I recovered because I, pardon me. I'm going to compliment myself. I am in improv. So I was like happy to offer myself up to the fire to be like, you're right. Ha ha ha. He was like walked away from the interview. We couldn't interview him anymore. He was such a dick about it. I am forever. That's it was so weird. Made a joke. And I was like, you're right. I guess we know what's harder saying the word. I guess I answered my own question. Ha ha. All right. Please take that out of your list of fails because that is like so minor. I mean, why should you have to know how to say these? I have probably in my lifetime said the wrong character name that they play in the movie. I've probably been like, you're the mom, right? Nothing. You're the daughter. I was just kidding. You look so young. That dress. Okay, talk to me about that. I always think the recovery is more important, but I'm hashtag triggered. Hashtag full on talk to my therapist triggered. What has been to this moment your like biggest like... Mind exploding red carpet moment. I've had too many to even <laughs> like. I mean, too many guys. I've been I've been at E for like seven years. Like, I mean, the things I don't know. And I've been hosting a live show. We mess up live all the time. And you the just, key is the recovery. That's the key. Well, and the recovery. And honestly, at this day and age, you know, people don't expect perfection, right? You're not a news anchor. You're not. I mean, you are a, a guest, <laughs> but you're not sitting there reading hard news. You don't have to be perfect (laughs) whenever the subject matter is so light. I like to think he was having troubles at home because him and his wife have now divorced and we saw her on the red carpet. So I'd like to think it wasn't me. It was the experience of being on the red carpet fighting with his wife. That's what I'm sure that's exactly what it was. I always, you know, on that note, I always do feel for, can you imagine like getting in a huge fight with your husband on the way to a red carpet, but then you guys have to walk the red carpet together 
together and everyone's like, so how do you make it work? How do you keep things steamy? And you're like, and that's so human, right? I actually just told him I was probably going to divorce him. (laughs) Take it and say, you know, we just tried to really keep quality time as a priority in the relationship. (laughs) Right, always. Like, really? Because I have quality time with my husband and I want him to not fucking touch me because I just need a second to myself. Thank you. (laughs) Valentine's Day, I want to be left the fuck alone, okay? Our quality time is I'm sitting on one end of the couch, he's sitting on the other end of the couch, and we are turning on Netflix and we're not saying a word. Let me tell you, the best thing about moving out of New York City is we now officially have a couch big enough where we don't have to touch each other. And I'm like, oh, we moved to the suburbs, we can have a couch, an L-shaped couch where we never have to touch each other. This is true love. It is. After several years together, sometimes that is exactly true love. That's so funny. Oh my God. This was the best. You are so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this show. Tell everyone where to find you, where to watch Dealey Pop, plug the hell out of everything. Yes. Not that many, just, you know, I'm on Instagram, Carissa Culliner, and I'm on Daily Pop on E. Uh, we're at live, 11 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, set your DVRs, tell your friends, watch. Awesome. You have this amazing, like, if Jennifer Garner was also your Southern homecoming queen best friend who is so pretty, you want to hate her, but you can't because she's the sweetest person and so funny, that would be you. That was a compliment, by the way. Of course it was. See, this is the thing. I feel like I give compliments that aren't compliments. That was 100% a compliment compliment. I'll take it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy (laughs) your day. I hope you get more nap time to yourself. Or maybe I can actually get some more laundry done. That's what I truly need to do. Thank Thank you you so much. much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hot goss. That's right. We got some good hot Pipe and gas. I don't know why I'm singing. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> it's like the musical version of. Uh, I don't know, but did you watch prom? Yes. I don't think yes. I've hated a movie that much in so long. I actually saw the Broadway one. Was too. it as hateable as the show? I mean, I I like the story. I thought it was nice. They were fighting for this girl's right to go to prom. It was just so annoying. And that's that I love Andrew Rannells. I love him so 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 much. And I was just like. Can can we end this? Can somebody just shoot me and put me out yeah, of my misery? Yeah, it was not great. Yeah, Ugh. it wasn't great. Okay, let's start with this Jimmy Fallon one. Jimmy Fallon has put his New York City apartment up for sale, and the pictures are up, and it's not great. It's $15 million. It's in Gramercy, and it is, they call it colorful. And let me just tell you, that's like when you say like, oh, she's got a good personality. It is not cute. And that's why my sofa is like the same color as theirs. It is not cute. Firstly, there's wood paneling in the living room. Old, like now we call it shiplap wood paneling. You know, we changed the the orientation and painted it white and call it fucking shiplap, which is also stupid. But I actually think he put that in on purpose. Oh, I hate it. I think that was a choice. No, but I'm saying I don't, I think that that was actually a choice. No, I hate choice. it. I don't, I, know. I hate it. So he's married to, I don't know what his wife's name is, but he's married to Drew Barrymore's production partner. Yes, of Flower Films. Right. So I assume she's as flowery and happy as Drew Barrymore because usually people flock together of the same kind. And that's really the only reason I can see for these choices. There is a, there's two kids playrooms, one that has a hidden staircase that looks like you're like in a little troll house. And then there's just, I, there's a word for it. It's called clutter core. Clutter core is the love of clutter. And this is clutter core. There's like weird 1970s wallpaper and then with like decals everywhere yeah. in a million different colors. Yeah. Then there's like a lodge, like a, like a drunken ski lodge. There's a room that looks like a 70s 
ski lodge. And I just, oh, you know what? I'm all for these velvet sofa chair hot pink that's in that room. But oh, I, I don't understand these choices. First of all, on the eighth floor, it's called the saloon room. Includes a vintage bar back with custom inlaid stained glass. That means you drink too much if you have that. There's also a home gym on that level, which I can't think of two things that don't go together worse a gym and that (laughs) or go together better in all honesty but then on the ninth floor there's another bedroom with a skylight which looks pretty good except they continued through with that wood panel yeah i don't really like the artwork but otherwise i think it yeah it's cute it's just a lot it confuses me and you know it's a lot i love jimmy fallon i am a like i would love to hang out with jimmy fallon i don't even mean that in a, a penis way sexual way yeah i mean like he just seems like me, him, and Matt would just have a great old time just drinking and laughing and just being stupid and telling stories. You guys might get arrested. You know, I think it's worth it in this situation, <laughs> but I don't want to hang out at his house. I just want to say that. I do not yeah. want to hang out at that house. All right, moving on. That's all. <laughs> I think we've covered it. <laughs> Let's uh, go to Scott Distick and his... His midlife midlife crisis, crisis, yeah. So first it was blonde. Let's back up even further and say, I mean, unless you're living under a rock, you know that Scott Disick is dating Amelia Hamlin, who is Lisa Rinna and uh, Harry Hamlin's youngest daughter. She is 19. He is 42, 43. Yeah, I mean, he would only go for the youngest. So she is slowly morphing into a Kardashian. It looks like she's had a, among other face work, which clearly fine, whatever. Lisa Renner's no straight stranger to face work. Um, she has clearly had her boobs done, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And she's like brown fishing. She's tanning to the point of looking. She says no. She says she just has naturally a very dark complexion. But, you know, I'm sure she would say she hasn't had any work done either. Correct. But she's slowly morphing into a Kardashian. And he's... Now, now, please, share the hair evolution, Carrie. So this is where it really interests me. He went very, very bleach Platinum blonde. Platinum blonde. Like, home yeah. situation. Guy, Guy Fieri. Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. that kind of, and spiked it up. Yeah. It really is like a, a guy moment, a guy fieriary. And then, l- friend of the pod, not skinny, not fat, Amanda, was like, please don't dye it pink. Please don't dye it pink. And then <laughs> two days later, he has a picture of it dyed pink, and she was like, oh, Lord. And it's shaved all around the sides now. And it's spiky, like, uh, whatchamacallit from Paw Patrol. Yeah, she basically, she posted the picture, and the caption was, tell me you're going through a midlife crisis without telling me you're going through a midlife crisis. And uh, that's, yeah. Oh, Scott. Disick. And then there was pictures of him on, like, a, a party boat with a bunch of, like, bikini-clad women in a cheesy party and boat. And I'll tell you this. With him in the pink That's hair. why he needs to date an 18-year-old girl, because all only an 18-year-old girl would feel the need to be like, I'm okay with him hanging out with other girls on a yacht. It's okay that I'm not there. I'm comfortable in our relationship. A real fucking woman would sit there and be like, no, 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 no. See, I have boundaries and I don't need to prove to you how fucking cool or not cool I am. We have a relationship and either it's a priority to you or it's not. Get your shit together, get off the fucking boats and let's move on. And that, my friends, is why he dates children. I have the very strong conviction is I I don't like boats with any more than four people on them. 
because then it's either a COVID cruise or the Titanic. I'm not into boats with a lot of people on them. If I'm going to be on a boat, it better be a motherfucking rowboat. It better be a sailboat with only like two other people in it. A lot of people on a boat gives me a panic attack that it's either going to sink or we're going to get some poop fire. You know, I reference Always Sunny on our show a lot. And it is the episode of Always Sunny where they buy a houseboat and Dennis and Mac are like, it's the implication. They can't get away on a boat. It's the implication. They're like, are you like talking about raping people? And he's like, it's the implication. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that's probably how Scott Disick feels on a boat because he is a slimy (laughs) motherfucker. Although one of my all time favorite funny lines was from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He walked into like the Steinway store and went, you smell that? Smells like rich people. (laughs) And I was like, that's funny. (laughs) That that I could get behind, Scott Tissick. All right, what's next, my girl? All right, let's do uh, Jason Sudeikis receiving his Golden Globe Award. So high. The most stoked. So, so high. To the point where Don Cheadle, a fellow nominee, is on camera, like, motioning with his hand, like, move on. Let's go. Come on. (laughs) You got this. He was so fucking high. He was also wearing, like, $110 sweatshirt that his sister made. He loves a tie-dye. He's been recently taking photos of him in like three different tie-dyes. I don't mind any of that. I just think it's interesting that that sweatshirt is $110. That seems like a lot of money. He was high. He did not expect to win. My question is, did he just smoke so much because he's divorced and didn't expect to win? Or did he smoke a little bit and get accidentally too high? I also think he was in London. So that meant it was like really late there now or early. Isn't London six know, hours ahead of New York? Yeah, 9, 10, 11, 12. So it's like. Two, so it was like 2 a.m.? Is that right? <laughs> so no wonder he was high as a kite. What else is he going to do to pass the time at two, until 2 a.m.? Because I think he's there filming like Ted Lasso season two or something. Right. And he, just so you know, he is too traumatized. He's not ready to get into a serious relationship with his co star. That was also on page what six. Co-star? But there's a female British co-star that he's been dating. Okay. Since the So they have been dating. But he's not ready to get into anything serious. Okay. Unlike his Thanks, page six. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that was like the highlight. What are some other highlights of the Golden Globes for you? I thought Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did the best job they possibly could have done given the situations. I mean, they weren't even in the same room. And I thought it's, I know. it felt pretty seamless, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really liked a lot of the hosts lately. No. I, I always kind of like Ricky Gervais. He's, like, offensive in a way that I find enjoyable. Me too, but it's always a little bit cringy, so I feel yes. I over-drink when he's the host because yeah. I feel awkward for everybody. Yeah. I haven't seen no, Nomadland yet, but— Yes, I did. It's great. I think it's great that—what's uh, what what's the director's name? Yeah, well, I'm glad she won. Just that a woman won Best Picture. I think that director of Best Picture. Sasha Baron Cohen won two things for the new Borat movie, which was so good and so funny. I just thought it was—it was, you know— The director's name is Chloe Zhao. I think, Zhao. Right? Zhao. Z- Z-H-A-O, yeah, Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Yeah, so that was really great to see. But, I, I mean, otherwise, like, whatever. I don't know. I wasn't that impressed by it. Were you? No, no, I was bored. I was bored by I it. I watch it the next so day. So I'm actually bored forward. talking about it. Yeah, so let's move on. Right. Okay, so moving on. Jillian Anderson, this sort of, this is a good neutral in between the two. Jillian mm. Anderson, who I love, I've always loved her. I loved her dress for the Golden Globes, by the way, with that Dior with the skull on it. It was great. I think yeah, it was Dior. I, I've always loved her. She is not British, but she played. The Queen on the Crown. She accepted her award 
speaking English because she's without an accent because that's the language she speaks. And Alex, is she American? What is she? I think she's American. Oh, okay. I always thought she was, and then I saw she was in The Crown, and I was like, oh, maybe she's British, and I had no idea. She's American, but she lives in she lives in Europe, and she was married to a British man. Okay. She was married to the director, or dating, seriously, the director to The Crown. Oh, okay. I love her, but I, I mean, I don't— She was married to Peter Morgan— Oh, okay. I don't yeah. have anything against her, but I will say, couldn't they have casted somebody who was actually the age of the queen? Whatever. Whatever. She's lived between the United States and the United Kingdom her entire life. Okay. She was born in Chicago, moved to London when she was young, and then moved back to America oh, well, when she was Oh, that's fair 11. then that she would have an English accent if, she, if her formative years lived were there. there. Yeah, of course. Yes. But also... Alec Baldwin tweeting that her accent keeps going back and forth. He had to know that was ridiculous. Her having sometimes an English accent and sometimes an American accent is 100% explainable versus his wife's fake Spanish accent is non-explainable. Alec Baldwin really needs Trump to be president again, even though he hates Trump, (laughs) because he... Since the Trump presidency has ended, it has not looked good for, like, he just looks like such a dick in all, and we've always known he's a dick, right? Like, remember the, the, he's hit paparazzi and he's called his daughter a pig and all this other shit. But like, he is just looking like such a hypocritical old resentful turd right now. He's off Twitter now because after he said that about her and people fired back at him, then he couldn't like take. Of course he, he couldn't. take what people were giving him. He never him. can. He's always like, consider the source. There's that, <laughs> that, that fucking thing. Consider the source. So then Hilaria posted a total Easter egg bait trap picture of her family with all her kids with a new baby. Alec commented, she's back on Instagram, Alec commented seven heart, which is confusing because they have five kids plus this random six kid that just popped up that is too young to have actually come from her body if you do the math. Right, compared to when she had the last kid, yes. And then they were like, seven, is she pregnant as well? And there's this new baby? Or is the seventh person also Hilaria? Or is it, what is happening? Is it Ireland? Right, right. Who yeah. who is this? They said they were not. Alec was like, "How dare you ask us? It's none of your business. You should guys should not be involved in my business." Well, then, then why, why did why you did post? post it? If you don't want people in your don't, shit, don't post it. Hilaria has been one of the most prolific pre all of this mommy style blogger. This is me exercising with my yes. kids. This is me being pregnant. This is me not she being has pregnant. A mom podcast. Her whole thing is being a mom and exposing it which like we're not ones to talk that's kind of our thing too we get it no but if someone asked us like what's up with that yeah kid, we would be like we would tell that well this is what's up with it you can't have it both ways you fucking man <laughs> you fucking man but also i also think it's so somebody i i sent it to you somebody tweeted it must be nice to just like want a kid so you just like go out and get a kid I like the one that was like, Hilaria bought herself a kid to reward herself for the last kid she had. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. The whole evidently something was said where she had had a bunch of miscarriages before having this last child. And I guess the the one girl that they have was really hoping that this last baby was a girl and it wasn't. So they went out and got a girl baby. Which is also like kind of horribly fucked up. Because your six-year-old wanted a girl. So you just like went out and got a girl. Yeah, it's, I I am not really into that personally I think that's a little strange to like to need such control over 
over things. It, it just really, it really seems very odd to me. And like nothing screams entitlement. Like I'm going to go out and get a new child. Like I'm shopping for a purse and I'm going to pick its sex and, you know, give it a faux Spanish name. It's just really strange. I have a couple of issues with the whole thing. The first, none of which is really my business, but <laughs> the first of which is I think that a surrogate is a wrong choice in that case. Like why not adopt there? You already have five children. Yeah. Like I get if you've never, if you've never had a kid from your own body or whatever, just why don't you adopt a child? There are yeah. so many babies out there that are already girls because they've already been born. Yep. And they need, who need a home. And, and you are wealthy enough to provide for that child, provide counseling, provide home, provide everything, a beautiful family. Why not adopt? That's the first thing. And the second thing is, I think you might have a disorder. Like I have a friend who I use friend loosely. I worked for her and she's a monster. So friend is not really the right word, but she would have a lot of kids and she would always say that when they got to be a certain age, she wanted to have another one because they just don't love you the same and that she liked that feeling of being needed and loved. So she kept having kids and she just kept having kids. Yeah, that's weird. And I think Hilaria might suffer from the same thing. She just like... Also, I think something happens where when your entire identity is tied to something, and this doesn't just go for motherhood. This goes for anything that your identity can be tied to. Motherhood being the hardest thing because kids grow. You know, if your identity is tied to fashion, like you're not necessarily getting phased out of this identity because fashion continues always when it's children and babies and that's your whole shtick and you've got like not I know she's got yoga but like her whole thing is motherhood I, I my point is I completely agree with you essentially and it I, also I know think her whole thing like is that. being fake Spanish and married to Alec Baldwin there's also that there's also change. that uh I mean it could we don't know we don't know what's I the guess. state the status of their relationship I guess decent. I just think the whole thing is very problematic and it's very obvious that they have a lot of help with their children, with multiple help, because nobody goes out and gets a surrogate when you still have like a newborn at home. No, 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 one no, does no. That. She got a surrogate when she was still pregnant. Yeah. Which is even weirder. Also, how bad does that, that boy feel? He's like, I wasn't a girl, so, you know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. The whole thing is it have issues with. Me okay, neither. finally we're gonna we're gonna end this thing with Army Hammer moves out of his house in the cloak of night. And what they find in his garbage the next day is a mannequin with bondage rope all over it. Did you see that? Yes. And there's pictures of yes. it. Yes. And then page six. Page six where I get all of my information, obviously, is like, if that's what he threw out, what did the movers see? When they moved, like, what do the movers know? What did they see? It's like you are just, the more you do things, the more guilty you seem. Like, why move out in the cloak of night? Like, you're just setting yourself up to seem guiltier he's and guiltier sociopath. and guiltier. He's a rich, entitled sociopath who comes from generations of people who do the same thing he does and have gotten away with it for years and years and years. His aunt wrote about the years of incest and abuse that happened in their family. So why would he stop now? He doesn't know repercussion. He's never dealt with them. So 
he thinks he doesn't need to worry about that. So weird. We saw in some of his messages, I don't know if it was to House of Effie or to one of the other girls, where he said, I just want to get caught already. I just want to get caught and like be able to live out with this, which is incredible because then he was caught and he just denies, denies, denies. But um, he's a sociopath or a psychopath. Honestly, I don't even know. He's fucked in the head is what he is. (laughs) (laughs) And their friend you have, hot. Gas. Oh, I love hot gas so much. Guys, we want to, here's what I want to know. Here's my call to action for you. Do you like our hot gas? Do you not like our hot gas? Are you like, I don't listen to this show for hot gas. I listen for mothering content. Peer reviewed journal, yeah. mother articles. Yeah, so if you guys could continue to have babies like Hilaria, I would appreciate it. Just like, honestly, let us know. Uh, send us a message, momtrashpot at gmail or DMs. Because we really do want to know, are you enjoying the hot gas content? Because it's my bread and butter, so. so Somebody said on the live show that their favorite part was hot goss. Oh, that's true. You're right. Somebody did say that. So somebody likes it. So thank God. It was a plant. I planted that. Me me for. (laughs) Hashtag swag bag. All right, guys. Time for hashtag swag bag. So today... Our hashtag swag bag is a little product called Judaism Unboxed that we were sent and we are really, really loving. It's basically, it it was created to bring households the fun, warmth, and rich traditions of Jewish heritage through unique food-centric recipes and experiences delivered to the doors of all families. Uh, The goal is to bring Jewish experiences, moments of learning, and Jewish connection to children, parents, and grandparents in the comfort of their home. So once a month, you get a different and unique themed challah baking kit to get your family excited about baking challah for Shabbat. And each modern, beautifully, and luxuriously curated box comes with everything you need to create the specific challah recipe, including all the ingredients minus eggs or water, utensils, and let me tell you, it even comes with like a sill pad. It really comes with all know, the I ingredients. Yep. As well as a challah cover, Shabbat candle lighting kit, and blessing cards. So it kind of walks you through how to have a Shabbat, what the traditions are. It's really great for somebody who perhaps is curious about other religions and traditions or maybe wants to teach their children and give them an experience that they may not otherwise have. Or it's just nice, you know, like I am Jewish and I like to, Sebastian's upbringing, seeing as he's going to Catholic school, uh, is not as Jewish as mine was. I was going to say, what an interesting swag bag for your tits and shit. My life is a roller coaster. You know, I went to a Jewish day school from pre-K three. So I had these traditions in my life every day. So it's my way of being able to educate my son and teach him about these things. Um, and they do all kinds of challahs. They do a babka challah, a rainbow challah, pretzel challah, blue velvet challah. The one that we were sent was the s'mores challah. Um, let me tell you, I did it. I baked. I'm not a huge baker. I love to cook. Don't so much love baking. It's very scientific. Everything has to be exactly measured. It made everything really easy. Math is hard. Yeah, truly. It made everything really easy. It was delicious. You get enough for two challahs. Uh, a single box is $59.99. And that, again, includes everything, including like utensils. It also makes enough for two challahs. Or you can do the four quarterly challah boxes at $57.99. And in addition to challah boxes, they also do four holiday boxes a year, which are Passover, Hanukkah, Purim, I think Rosh Hashanah is the other one. Sure. I really recommend it to you guys. I 
really enjoyed doing it with Sebastian. Sebastian really enjoyed it. As you know, he wants to be a chef when he grows up as of now. So a cooker, you mean a, a cooker. cooker. If you want to see what it was like using a Judaism Unbox, go to our Instagram page. We have a highlight in our highlight reel that you can check out. Um, it's me and Sebastian doing it together. And I just really recommend it. It's a nice little experience. And so thank you so much, Judaism Unbox, for sending that to us. L'chaim! L'chaim! Mazel tov. All right. Have a great rest of your week, guys. I might go take a shower because I'm nasty. I'm going to go try and nap. Oh, I have eight minutes before my kid wakes up. Okay, bye! Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. <laughs>